It's a little bit crazy. This is our final week for our I Can Relate series. And therefore, I, it, there's only one way we can really end this series, and that's by having our final social experiment. Now, before we have this final social experiment, I want to go over with you what it is we're asking you to do. Because, unlike the others, you don't get to just sit and watch today, right? So while people are partaking in the social experiment, you need to be sitting there waiting to do one very important thing. And I'm going to explain what that is here in just a second. Now, just like all the other social experiments, we're going to have a little background music for you, which is right there. Now, I want to go over with you very briefly what these rules are, rules, steps, that we're asking you to do. Step one, stop and think. Stop and think. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about, here's the question for you. Think about what it is that you can praise God for. Something that maybe has happened this week, something that maybe has happened this year. It may be something that's happened in your lifetime, but it's one of those moments that you can't stay in your seat today. You have to come up here and praise God for. Are you ready for that? So already I want you to start. No, I want you to stop right now and, and, and to begin to think about maybe what that thing is. Now, there's going to be a voice deep down inside of you that tells you, don't go up there. You, you're going to look stupid if you go up there. But I'm going to tell you right now, I look stupid up here every week. So you can come up here one time, right? The next step is pretty simple. When you get up here, you have to come up to this microphone. Now, there's something I want to teach you about the microphone. Watch what it does. Right? So if you come up here and you're not as tall as me, you can pull the mic stand out. Or if you're even more comfortable, you can just take the mic off and hold it. All right? The final step, not final, but the next step, speak your praise. When you get up here, all I'm asking you to do is to speak your praise. For some of you, you're going to want to come up here and preach a sermon. This is not the place for that. This is not the place for that. Come up here and speak your, your praise. What is that thing that the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart that God is bringing back to your mind? That one moment that you can't sit in your seat today. You have to praise Him for what is happening in your life. And then finally, this is where all of you come in. We have to celebrate. Now, right? We got different music that comes in when it's time to celebrate. Thank you, Nikki. Here's what I need you to do. Ready? Come on. Here it is. Now, hold on. You're going to be tempted to get up and dance. Where's Melissa? Melissa can party. She's our party police today. If she sees you going crazy, she's going to hit you upside the head with something that she can find to throw back there right? I'm just kidding. If you want to dance, dance. We want to create today an atmosphere where God is praised simply because he is God. Are you with me? And we can't be afraid when that happens and you hear music like this. Kelly, go back to the other one. You hear music like this to celebrate, right? If you want to clap, clap. If you want to dance, just dance. Do what it is that you want to do. But we want to help you praise the Lord today. And in the same way, in the same way, celebrate 
your brothers and sisters in Christ and what's happening in their lives. Now, let me go back to the other one. None of this happens if you don't get off your butt and come up here and praise the Lord. You with me? All right. You ready? Step one. share stories and help other people maybe through the music that we make together. So, wherever Josh is. Jake, this is all coming right at you, brother. I like you best anyway. Okay. Wait, there's not dancing involved when I'm up here. I did, I did forget something, and it's this. After you say your praise, you guys stay up here and accept the celebration. All right? So for a very awkward second, or two, or five, however long you want to be celebrated, you just stay up here. Ready? Okay. Get ready. Y'all ready? to say this, that I praise God for having a wonderful family and a great humorous family at that because this is just totally awesome. And I, I really praise God for his wondrous love for me and everybody out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, all right. this morning because my friend Amy is at her church this morning getting baptized and um, I was going to be there with her but I chose to be here with you guys instead but I sent her a text this morning and she is so excited about that and I know she's going to be bombarded for making this public 
display of her faith, but um, she is an awesome lady. She's part of a jewelry team that I'm part of, and um, she's just amazing, and I'm just so excited for her that God's really working in her life right now, and she's allowed me to share that with her. So that's my praise. So. <laughs> praise God for the simple things in life. And last night, my wife and I went on a date and had no kids at home. strength to um, finally separate myself from a relationship that wasn't what I thought it was in the beginning. So um, for the strength to walk away and to finally accept um, that not everything is as perfect as you think it is and you think you can fix it to be. So um, the strength to be on my own and stand independently and be okay with everything. opportunity to grow financially, professionally in my career, and it's very exciting. So, here we are. Come on, let's go. I'll keep it down to few. 
first, I'll, I praise him for my family, my husband, my daughter, my little baby boy. Um, that God is bigger than all our fears. Amen. And for my friend Jessica, who is doing wonderful works for God in Guam. going to say, but David gets so worried when I come up here, which is a praise all by itself. Um, I've always been very traditional worshiper, <laughs> and I am so very grateful to be in a church where joy is not only here, it's encouraged, and where we can be different, and where we're proof every week that God does have a wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> really love them right there so even though I get on their nerves so She is not pregnant. No. No. Um, I, yes, that's a praise. Um, no, I, yeah, there we go. Uh, I just want to praise God for allowing uh, Chris and I to be able to buy our first house. So.
Hey, uh, can I just say, we need to say thank you to our dancers. <clears throat> the last couple times around, I kept hearing, do we get a substitute? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Man, how'd that feel? You know, I have to tell you that, what did he say? I don't want to know what he said. I don't want to know what he said. Here's the truth. If you can't have fun with your family, then you need to come to One Love Church and we'll teach you how. Because here's the truth. Church in scripture was never intended to be boring. It was never intended to be a place that you come into and that you sit and listen and become a consumer and start to judge whatever product is up on stage. That was never the intention for what the church was, but it has become what the church is. And so at One Love Church, what we're trying to do is for a brief second, change what your picture of church should be in your mind. And what tends to happen... Sometimes it gets a little crazy. Sometimes you sit there and you go, I can't believe I came to church today for a dance party. But the truth is this. If you can't have fun in Jesus Christ, if the Holy Spirit doesn't move you in a way that every now and then you want to get up out of your chair and dance and celebrate, and not only what's happening in your life, to celebrate in what's happening in the lives of your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're not in that place, then you're in the right place. Because we want to introduce you to a God that makes you want to celebrate. Not a God that wants to put you to sleep. But a God that wants to teach you and show you what real life can be like if you would just put a lot of trust in Him. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 12. Dang, y'all took up a lot of time, so we got to do this quick. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9, we're going to go through verse 21, and I want to show you five things, five ways we're going to close out this series, and we're going to wrap up everything that we've been talking about in five simple points, and they're all here in Romans chapter 12. If you don't know about Romans chapter 12, let me give you a a, a short introduction as to what's happening here. The church is well on its way, right? And there begins to be this battle over what Jesus was really here to preach. And so in Romans, you have this amazing battle, spiritually, between a church that really wants to get following the rules right, and a Jesus who came to tell us that what I'm asking you to do really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the law. You with me? And so there's this immense struggle in Romans where you can see, even in Paul's language sometimes, there's this little shift back and forth where he's really trying to press the mark here, but every now and then what he was raised to do kind of shows up, and so there's even this little struggle. Well, in chapter 12, it begins like this. Paul says, listen, all of you are a part of the church body. All of you are part of the body. Those of you who have accepted Jesus Christ, you are a part of the body. Now, all of the body has different functions, right? My fingers work different from my toes. 
You have bad functions coming out of some areas. I'm talking about the mouth. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And all this stuff happens, but every one of you is a part or a function of the body. Now, you've got to find your place. You can't just sit there, right, and, and, and be a, a dumb function or a mute function. You, you've got to move. You've got to be active. You've got to take a role in the church. And so in Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 9, he says, and this is what it looks like. If you really want to be an active part of the church, this is what it looks like. Starting at verse 9. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. What's he saying here? I think it's pretty simple. He's saying, don't be fake. Love from authenticity. Don't be fake. Don't come to your church body. Don't come to your religious hate that word. You're Jesus-centered. Let's try that one. You're Jesus-centered relationships and present to them something that's fake. You've got to learn to love from deep down inside. You've got to learn to love from that place that just might get hurt because of starting in verse 11. Don't burn out, but keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Do you know what cheerfully expectant looks like? It looks like if you were to come on stage and say a praise and know that there's a big line of dancers that are about to come out, right? And you say that praise, right? And you sit up here and you just kind of, you're already moving because you know that they're coming out. That's cheerfully expectant. Listen, when I go to the Lord, I become cheerfully expectant. I can't wait to see how he answers me. Now listen, sometimes that answer doesn't come out, right, amen, quite the way that I wanted it to come out. But what always ends up happening, I promise you, somewhere down the line of your life, you're going to say to yourself, listen, I'm 36 years old or however old you are, and I've tried to grow a mustache my entire life. I'm going to take the next two weeks and I'm going to dedicate it to my upper lip. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Cheerfully expectant is not the word. You sit there every time that you pass the bathroom mirror and you look and you go like this. Right? And you keep walking. Two weeks later, do you know what you get? At the age of 36 when you've never been able to grow a mustache in your life, in two weeks it looks like this. Yeah. Right? Now you're going to say to yourself, Brad, how did you do that? I'm going to tell you. Because I sat down on Google one day and I Googled. If you're 36 and have never been able to grow a mustache in your life, how can you do it? Enter. <laughs> Guess what comes up? Grow a mustache if you can't.com. <laughs> right? Hey, it's all there, I'm telling you. You Google anything. Here's what they said Go a month. If you've never grown a mustache, you think you can't grow a mustache, just let it go for a month. Don't trim it. Don't shave it. Don't do anything. Let it go for a month. It's going to get ugly. You're going to have patches. But let it go for a month. Let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm letting it go for a month. I'm in the middle of the process. Am I cheerfully expectant? No. But let me tell you why. I'm at the ugly phase. Right? Yeah. 
I'm not. Could you bring up the celebrate thing? Because I'm feeling bad right now. I want to read the next part. Because this is where I'm coming from. Don't quit in hard times. But pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Let me tell you what happens. You're going to get to a certain part when you're trying to reach people where you're going to get burned out. And let me explain myself even clearer right now because I'm not talking about your pre-churched friends. I'm talking about your church family. That's what Paul is talking about here. It's easy for us to take some of these scriptures and to apply those to our pre-churched friends and to say, oh, well, Paul's talking about make sure, you know, that, that we don't get burned out on trying to reach the lost. No, what Paul's saying is, you're going to have church brothers and sisters that are going to drive you insane. At some point, you're going to say, I'm done. But Paul says, don't quit. Don't get halfway into the process and, and, and then stumble and fall and say to yourself, it's not worth it. I can't make it all the way. What Paul is saying is, listen, don't burn out. Take it easy. Don't quit. Instead, be cheerfully expectant about what God's going to do at the end of the process. Be cheerfully expectant of what about, it's a lot like what Amber said with her brother, right? I'm cheerfully expectant because I know there's an end to the process. We may be in the middle right now, and it's hard and it's difficult, and I can't see my way through, and the mustache just ain't coming in quite right. But I know at the end of the process, there's going to be something amazing. And I can't wait for that moment. That may never come with my mustache. Verse 14, bless your enemies, no cursing under your breath. Is this talking about people outside of the church? I'm going to keep coming back to that. Are you going to have enemies within the church? Yeah, because you know who else is in the church? We are. We are. Bless your enemies, no cursing under your breath. Here, I love this. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. That's easy, right? Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be what? Uh-oh. Make friends with? But there's not nobody's in the church. Don't be the great? There's not great somebodies in the church. We're all equal here, right? Nope. Let me tell you what happens. Hey, I'm just being honest with you. Let me tell you what happens. You get the same people from outside of the church come into the church. And those same people who may accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but I can't let go of that rock. You with me? I can't let go of those things that have carried me through to this point in life. I can't let go of the fact that I know I need to be the powerful one in the room. I can't let go of the idea to think that someone else could be my spiritual leader. Because I am the man. You with me? So I look at people who don't have quite what I have, or I look at people who may not be in the same social circle that I am, and guess who they are to me? They are a nobody. It happens. I'm telling you. I've done it. You with me? I've had friends in the church. Friends. I'm a, I was a horrible friend. But I've had people in the church who I thought, 
just weren't as good as me in the church. And I may never speak that, and I may say hi to them and and hug their neck on the way in, but truthfully, it's right here, and I know it, right? What Paul is saying is, listen, you got to fight those urges, and you have to be able to yourself. I'm able to say to you that you are just a tad bit closer to God than I am. Because I keep seeing social circles that we all need to be a part of. And you can see the bigger picture. You follow me? So the final thing, or not the final thing, but the third thing is don't curse, but bless from vulnerability. Don't curse, bless from vulnerability. Why is it vulnerability? Because i got to be willing to be less. In order to be less, you got to be vulnerable. you gotta, you got to be able to bring that wall down that protects you. And know that God, God's going to protect you. Verse 17. You're going to get hit in the church. You are. You're going to get hit in the church body. Don't hit back, but discover, verse 17, beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, God says. I'll take care of the pain. Don't judge. Don't judge. Discover beauty from pain. Discover beauty from pain. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is the scripture that says, I embrace my weaknesses. Does anybody know the rest of it? Because in my weakness, God is strong. In my weakness, God shows up. When I'm having good and fun and everything's great and rosy in my life, guess who gets celebrated most of the time? Me, because I do a good job of celebrating myself. But when I'm in a desperate and dark and emotional time, guess who gets called on? God, right? Then it's God, take care of this. Let me tell you what God said about that. I'm cool with that. Listen, I want you to praise me all along. I want you to understand that everything that you have, everything that is good in your life comes from me. I want you to get that. But I also want you to understand that in your darkest, deepest, painful moments, guess who's going to show up? I'm going to show up. So celebrate those moments. I know you're down. I know you're in a hard spot. I know it's tough right now. But celebrate because guess who's coming? I'm coming. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do something great in your life. And years from now, you're going to be able to stand on that firm foundation that you thought was all crumbled and say, remember the moment when God pulled me up. And people are going to be able to grow from this very moment right here in this deep and dark despair because you're going to be able to say to them, you remember when I was in the same place you are now and God pulled me up? What's Paul saying here is simple. Don't judge. Don't look around and judge, but discover beauty in the pain. You follow me? Verses 20 and 21. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Your enemy hungry. Is Paul talking about people outside of the church? He's talking about people in the church. He's talking about the church body. He says, our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. The fifth thing Don't ignore, don't ignore, but give from goodness. 
Don't ignore, give from goodness. Will you stand with me? This entire series, truthfully for me, has been a lot of fun. Because, let me tell you what you get to see. You get to see less of me and more of the people that you come here to worship with on a weekly basis. There are things that I hope in the next couple of weeks that you have learned about the people who sit right around you. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Embrace what the vision is here at One Love Church. Because the vision cannot be carried out unless the people of the church carry it forward. You with me? This is not a Brad Lewis thing. This is not a One Love thing. This is a you thing. This is a church thing. This is a body thing. And all of these four weeks have been centered around these five points. Don't be fake. Love from authenticity. Don't quit. Serve from expectancy. Don't curse. Bless from vulnerability. Don't judge. Discover beauty from pain. And don't ignore, but give from goodness. It's that simple. And it really is easy. What it is is an understanding that you're lowering self and you're uplifting God. That's all it is. Church is an environment. Let me tell you, I can get crazy and deep with all y'all and tell you that the word church is not even in Scripture. That's not even a biblical term, right? That's a, that's a we term. But the true term is ecclesia, right? How many of you have heard of that, right? That's one of those church words that goes around too. But it means this. It's a gathering of people with the same beliefs. That's not even a Christian thing. It's just a gathering of people with the same beliefs. If we can get it out of our heads... That it's important what walls are around you, what carpet is underneath you, and what roof is above you. If we can get it out of our heads that the building and the process and the bureaucracy has anything at all to do with what church is. If you can get that out of your head, then I think you can create not a church, but a movement. Which I think is what we're striving for that little axe picture that we always go back to, that wasn't a church. That was a movement. And that little tiny movement changed the world. And then we took it and we boxed it up in a really ugly box and we put it up on the shelf. Right? I'd like to take that box down and get rid of it and start the movement again. You follow me? Start an understanding of Christian people who just know how to love each other and take care of each other. And I believe that if we can get there, then God will add to our numbers daily people who need to find us and him. You follow me? Let's pray. Father God, I pray to you that we can get out of the way. I pray, God, that all of these expectations that we have been grown up in, that, Father, all of these generational lies that have been taught to us, Father, out of ignorance, that, God, we can spot those things and, Father, we can confess those things to you. God, to know and to understand that you have created us to move. You've created us to go out. You've created us to get off of our butts. And, Father, to love life and to love you 
and to celebrate in what you've done. And so, Father, I pray in this moment, God, that you create here an ecclesia. Father, that you create here a gathering of Christian brothers and sisters who can't wait to celebrate you and who can't wait to celebrate each other and who can't wait to give and to stop judging and to move forward and to get healthy and to understand the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us and to be able to search for those, Father, who can come and add to the movement. God, we worship you. We praise you. We love you. We thank you for every single person in this room right now. And Father, we pray for their protection. We pray for their strength. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just fall upon this place and give us an intense calling. We love you, God. May you receive all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's worship together. <laughs>